the choices that you make will forge the rest of your life. And I want you to remember one thing. And this was the piece of advice he gave me. He said, you don't have to live here for the rest of your life. And you don't have to live with the family you're going to live with for the rest of your life. Wherever you go, though, you have to live with you for the rest of your life. And he said, you have to live with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every week, every year for the rest of your life. Hey, everybody. This is Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. And I want to ask you one thing. Are you doing what you want to do in life? Are you pursuing what you want in life? Why not? Don't be a bitch. Be the captain of your own ship. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody, Bobby Walker here with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast, right on the hills of that awesome intro that I hope you love it as much as I do, but I think it's pretty stinking cool. And today we've got Angela Brown. She's like royalty in the interior cleaning industry. And uh, I actually saw her do some stuff or saw some stuff about her on uh, uh, at a convention this past week. And I'm excited just to kind of uh, get to know her a little bit and and learn more about her. I've been watching her on and off ever since I've kind of been on the scene in my business. So I'm very, very excited. But before I get into that, I'm going to continue to say the same things that I say every week. First off, you guys are giving us iTunes reviews, reviews, and I appreciate that. It, um, it's awesome. It helps me out. I do this show because I love it. And when you guys do things like that for me, um, it just kind of sends some of the love right back my direction. So thank you guys for that. And, uh, and just moving on here, I want to get right into things. So let's talk about Responsibid for a second. You guys know that uh, I've been a big, big fan of Responsibid for over two years now. I've been using it in my business for uh, at least that long. And it's been huge for me. And they've become a sponsor of the show as a result. I've actually become like dear friends with Kurt, who's the CEO over there. And, and one day I just said, Kurt, I talk about your stuff so much. You need to show me a little love, man. <laughs> He's like, let's do this. So uh, guys, Responsibid is a really powerful tool. It's basically the hub of my company. So like from a software standpoint, Responsibid uh, is where everything starts and then everything else just branches off of that. So it handles all of our quoting. It handles our follow-up. It handles online quoting so people can go on there. You know, some people want to call and get a quote in person. Other people, they want to get a quote at 1 a.m. in the morning when no one else is bugging them. Responsibid handles all of those things. It'll uh, trigger uh, text messages. It'll trigger voicemails. It'll trigger um, postcards and all that cool stuff. If you got it, you know, postcards and voicemails, if you got it teamed up with something like SendGem, which is really, really awesome. And at the end of the day, Responsibid does two big things for me. The first one is really the most important one is it saves me a ton of time. It allows a company that's like mine that's smaller to be able to do a lot of powerful things that I wouldn't be able to do without hiring people to do it. And then the second thing, pretty close second, it makes me a lot of money. It makes me a lot of money too. And you guys have heard me talk about that on the show everywhere. Everything from me hopping in the lazy river at Branson when I was at the huge convention this last year. And when I got out of the lazy river, I think if memory serves me correctly. I had a $400 job waiting on me just on a little 20 minute lazy river float. 
that was pretty cool. I've been into the movie theater and got notifications before that we've made sales. That was awesome. But I'll tell you a cool thing that happened actually just today, about an hour ago, my admin called me and she goes, I just booked an $8,000 job. And I said, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, I couldn't even remember like any $8,000 jobs out there, but I had quoted an $8,000 job. I don't know, two weeks ago, something like that. Well, you know what? Responsibid kept following up, sending the emails, sending the reminders. Hey, do you need anything? They, they called the number in one of those emails, called the office, booked a job for next month, $8,000. It's good stuff. You guys need it. And um, if you want to get responsive bid, don't forget Journey of a New Entrepreneur listeners get a special deal that nobody else gets. Not only do you get uh, a discount on the monthly, not only do you get a discount on the upfront cost, but you get a free month of service when you use Journey of a New Entrepreneur as your source. Go to jnebid.com. So that's J-N-E, like Journey of a New Responsive. I said this last time. It's not journey of a new responsive It's J-E-N-E, like journey of a new entrepreneur, and then bid, as in responsive bid, B-I-D dot com. All right, so jnebid.com, that's where you can get that deal. You can go in there, get a two-week free trial, check it out. It's awesome. So anyway, on to the show. Angela, so excited to have you. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is super exciting. Yeah. I'm super excited watching entrepreneurs make their journey. And so I love this show for the fact that you're talking about not just the success of the show, but the behind the scenes and how you have real days and you go from being a normal everyday person into the Mm -hmm. throes of, oh my gosh, this is just one of those days. I just want to throw in the towel and I want to quit because every entrepreneur has those days. So I love this show for that reason. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you've, uh, I know a little bit about you, you know, I mean, I've seen some of your stuff online. I've, I've heard you on other podcasts before, but, uh, some of, or maybe a lot of my listeners don't know you. So, Let's just start out with the quick overview, kind of give, you know, a minute, a two, three minute thing. Give, tell us who you are, overview, and, and then we'll come back and dig into it. Well, uh, I've been a professional house cleaner for 25 years, oh, wow. and I started my own house cleaning business when I was waiting tables, and a buddy of mine asked me if by chance I would like to come help her with her cleaning business, and I didn't ever think about having my own business, but I said, well, yeah, because I need the money. So we started cleaning houses and I'm from a large family and we've cleaned our whole lives. But what I didn't realize is that I have a very strong work ethic and I believe in taking care of my customers. And I didn't know that that was intrinsic to who I was as a person. So the very first day on the job, she's lifting up the rug and she's sweeping stuff under the rug. And I'm thinking, wait a second, something's wrong here. They're paying you to clean and not sweep stuff under the rug. You should pick up the rug and sweep underneath that. Anyway, because of my ethics and that seemed wrong to me, mm-hmm. I left at the end of the day. I said, I can't, I can't do this. Yep. But I realized she made $150 for the time we spent together that day. And that is, that is a lot of money waiting tables. We got yep. paid $2 and 13 cents an hour plus tips. And I was really good at collecting tips, but 150 bucks for cleaning a house seemed like a whole lot of money. to Yeah. Me. Yeah. So I said, I'm, I'm in the wrong business. Perhaps I should start my own cleaning business. And I had no idea what that meant. I'd never been a business person. I had no business skills. I had no business education. I hadn't taken any business college classes at this point. And so for me, it was, uh, oh yeah, let's just get started. And I started not, not having any idea what, it, what that meant. And I didn't know where it was going to take me over the next several years. And it's interesting because the next several years opened a lot of doors 
And I realized there was a lot of stuff about being an entrepreneur that I did not know. I had to go back to school and I had to take some business classes. And I was really scared mm -hmm. to talk to customers. And in the house cleaning business, you go and you do, um, you do interviews where you do a walkthrough and they show you their house. And then at the end, you have to come up with a price and then you have to close the deal. And I was horrified. I can't look people in the eyes. I couldn't look them at, you know, in the face. I was looking down at the floor and I was all scared and I was like nervous and I didn't know the right words to say. And I, I literally had to join Toastmasters so that I could learn how to present myself in public. And I didn't realize that every single thing you do from the time your car pulls up to their house, you're, you're on. Yeah. This is the sales pitch. And I had no idea how that worked. So I had to go back and take some sales and marketing classes and I had to learn how to present myself and about posture and I had to stand up straight and even how I carried my cleaning caddy made all the difference in the world. And so I, it, it's a series of things. I ended up taking an acting class so that I could learn how do other people perceive you and what is the character that you're playing? And if you're showing up to a customer's house and they expect you to be a house cleaner, this is an act. You got to show up looking like a house cleaner. You have to act the part. You have to say the words. You can't show up and be like, well, I'm so much better than you because that's not what they're hiring. They're hiring a humble person who's a servant to come in their home and to clean. And so as I would show up to their house, I had to act the part. And then everything that I learned about acting led me to auditioning for the job. So then I had to learn that even as I showed up to the customer's house, even if I make the greatest sales pitch in the world, it's only as good as my cleaning. Yeah. So my very first cleaning is my audition. And if they don't like me, they're going to go find someone else. And if they do like me at the end, we got to pull out our calendars and I'm going to book them in for the next year because I'm not letting that slot go away. And so it was a series of things I had to learn and it wasn't always easy, but that's, that's kind of where I felt I found my success. And then I woke up one day, I was probably, Oh gosh, a few years ago. Um, I woke up and I realized here I am halfway through my life and I did not want to grow up to be a house cleaning person. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I was going to be a doctor or an attorney or yeah. something important. And lo and behold, I'm a house cleaner, right? <laughs> and I, I had a real, a real learning curve for me and a, a real kind of moment of epiphany because we had a, we had a troubled teenager that was dropped on our doorstep in the mm -hmm. middle of 2015. And she was a relative, and so we felt a sense of obligation to take care of her. Mm -hmm. And we don't have kids of our own. We haven't been able to have kids. But the challenge for us was she was on drugs. She was suicidal. She was violent. She was destructive. And she was a whole bunch of things that we've, we've never had inside our home. And so because she was a family member and her family had given up on her, we felt that this was an opportunity for us to maybe save a life. So we said, let's, let's take her in and see if we can help her out. Again, I had no idea what that meant. I had absolutely no idea. And I realized I can't take her on any cleaning jobs with me because she physically assaulted one of my clients. Oh and my as, God. I know. As you know, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. And she physically assaulted my employees, which, okay, that's got to stop. We have to isolate her from humanity because she's mean to people. And I would go into fixed dinner, I'd come in and she's bleeding out. I'm like, holy crap, this, what, what the heck is going on? Wow. It wasn't a normal life. It was like getting in a car accident every single day. And I had, to, I had to stop what I was doing and say, wait a second, I just committed to something that is so far out of my league. I'm not prepared for this. Mm -hmm. And being an entrepreneur prepares you for a lot of things. You can handle a lot of crap once you're an entrepreneur because you get a lot of stuff thrown at you. Yeah. And as stuff is thrown at you, 
you grab that and you twist it and you turn it and then you make the most of it. And now you're better equipped for whatever comes at you next. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The problem is this was a series of skills I'd never dealt with. These were things that I'd never, I, I, they're not part of my world. And I think as a parent, and I'm from a large family, so I know, I, I know and I understand a lot about kids, but we've never had kids of our own. Mm -hmm. And when you have a kid of your own, you have nine months when you're pregnant to kind of like worry and stress yeah. and fret and think through things. And then what if, and then you have a, a tiny child that doesn't cause you these kinds of problems. And as they get older, you go through the terrible twos and you go through these phases and all these little lessons that you get along the way kind of prepare you for what's coming next. So that when you get to the troubled 15 year old, then you have a set of skills that you're like, ha, I'm equipped. I can handle yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But lo and behold, I had none of those skills. I was not equipped for this at all. Mm -hmm. And I started looking around at me saying, I've had a really successful career. I've done this for 25 years, but I can't keep doing what I'm doing right now and survive. I can't do this with this person in my house. And I ended up selling off all of my assets as quickly as possible, downsizing my business. And I said, okay, that's it. I'm going to retire. And now I'm staying at home and we're in mandatory 12 hours of therapy a week. And my life is just collapsing one window at a time as she busts through them and puts her head through walls and all kinds of destructive things that, that are completely out of my realm of experience. Yeah. And so here I was saying, uh, oh, what, what do I do now? Because now I'm a middle-aged woman. I've had this great career behind me, but I can't continue the career. I've got to reinvent myself. And so we talk about entrepreneurialism and using the skills that you have and using what God gave you. What God gave me was house cleaning. That's mm -hmm. what I know. That's my passion. That's what I've been doing my whole life. And now I'm, I'm at home. I can't leave my house. I've got to watch 24 seven on this kid in order for her just to, to keep her alive. I mean, this was like the most grueling thing I've ever done. And I know enough, having been in business, that I didn't want to let her see me sweat, as they say. Yeah. So she would push these hot buttons, and I would try to be really calm and really collective. And on the inside, I'm just screaming, tearing my hair out, going, ooh. And I don't want to beat the crap out of her, but that was my first instinct. It's like just, you, want, you want to, but you know you shouldn't. <laughs> well, and, and legally, I can't. Yeah, no, I know right? what you mean. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there saying, you know, perhaps you'll explain to me why you're doing what you're doing. Like, what is your reasoning? Can I help mm -hmm. you find a solution? And I'm known for my results. I, I get really great results at what I do, which is one of the reasons I've been training house cleaners all across the country. And I've been training for 20, 25 years. So mm -hmm. I really know how to get results with the systems that we've put in place. I have no systems for troubled 15-year-olds, none. Yeah. And so here I'm feeling really helpless. I'm, I'm second-guessing myself. I'm thinking, wait a second, what do I know that I can bring to this situation right now? And it's really frustrating for me because I kept coming up empty-handed. And so I said, well, what I know is house cleaning, but I can't keep house cleaning. I can't keep traveling and, and doing trainings for weekend conferences and leave her alone at, at home in my house. It's, it's not safe for anyone. Mm -hmm. And so I had this rude awakening. I was like, oh my gosh, there's this internet thing. And I've not, I had not embraced the internet at all because here I was a house cleaner and we worked off of referral primarily. And our business is really successful because of the referrals that we got and because of the results that we got. We got lots of referrals from lots of different competing places and different companies that would hire us. So it was you know, a website who has a website. Yeah. When I started my business, we used the yellow pages. And so now 
I got to go online. I got to, I got to create a website. Like, what does that look like? How does that work? And I'd never been on social media. I don't say never. I had two um, social media accounts, but I call them ghost accounts because I dropped in every eight months or so, like a graveyard. And I'd go, boo, and I'd, <laughs> I'd pop out again. But I, I mean, I'm not one of these people that takes pictures of my lunch and like, Hey, check out, you know, whatever I ate today or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't get that. I just, I don't understand it. So I didn't really have a following on social media. I hadn't learned how the internet works. I knew nothing about Google AdWords or search engine optimization or websites or any of that stuff. So I said, well, what if I could take my online learning library and what if I could, what if I could move it online? What if I could take all the training I've done and I could move it online? So I was like, yes, I can do this. So I spent a year and I wrote the most elaborate, beautiful online training course for house cleaners. Mm-hmm. And it was all text. There were no images. There were no uh, videos. It was just text because I love to read. I'm an avid reader. And people are like, text? We don't do text. We only want videos. I'm like, videos? I don't do videos. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap. Like, how did I come up so short? I really must judge the market. Mm-hmm. So here I am, here I am as an entrepreneur, I really am flying at my game. And all of a sudden I'm up against a brick wall and I'm just sitting here saying the technology has me, the social media has me. I don't know how to do video. I don't, ha- I don't even own a camera. I mean, at the time I owned a flip phone. I mean, I'm embarrassed to say this because I had a camera. It works. I have a phone. It works. I don't need like one smash together that fits in my pocket. That's fine. Yeah. And my husband's like, oh my goodness, everyone's switching to these smartphone things. It's going to revolutionize the way you do business. It's got a calendar on it. And he got me a calendar. I'm like, there's a calendar on the phone? <laughs> wow, I got to get me one of those. And it wasn't because of, the, of all the things that I use my phone for now. Yeah. But I was so far behind the times. So here I am catching up slowly like, well, what is this? What is this? And you talk about responsive. Heck, I didn't know there was software that streamlines the industry. Mm -hmm. I'd been working my entire business off scratch pads and post-it notes. You mean, are you telling me there's a piece of software that does that? And then there's like, oh, there's an app for that. There's an app for that. Mm -hmm. Show me the apps. How does it work? And it's, it's been such an interesting learning curve for me because going from where I was, to where I needed to be required a whole new set of skills I didn't have. And I, I realized growing up, I needed to learn how to read and write. And all of a sudden, in my mid-40s, I wake up one day and I'm like, holy crap, that's not the new way of survival. You got to know how to edit and, and manage audio yeah. and video and, and images. And I'm like, who teaches this? Well, the answer is 10-year-olds on YouTube. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> I started going to YouTube going like, how to? And I don't know any of the terms, right? I'm a house cleaner. Mm-hmm. My camera is shaky. How to fix shaky camera. I didn't know the term is warped image stabilization. Like, who knows that, right? Yeah. Nobody. And so here I am scrambling like to try to. And then YouTube, and this is the cool thing about YouTube and Google. You ask a question. And it pops up answers like, did you mean this? Did you mean this? Did you mean this? And I would go through, no, 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 no. Yes, yes, that's exactly what I meant. And I started narrowing down what I needed based on the results that were found. And that's a lot like being an entrepreneur. You start asking Mm -hmm. questions. And as you start asking questions, the universe starts providing answers. And it might not be exactly what you're looking for, but it starts bringing you the things that you need in order to answer the questions that you have. So if you're not getting the questions answered that you think you need, 
you might be asking the wrong questions. Mm -hmm. So get as close as you can and then try to fit in the answers that you're finding until you narrow down that search and you go, yep, that's what I'm looking for. That's great. I, my family, my, excuse me, my wife and kids and I were in the middle of going through a book as a family. Mm -hmm. Second time we've ever done this. We don't do it. Yeah. So it's not like something we've done a lot of, but uh, the first one was the question behind the question. I don't know if you've ever read that yes. one, but it's a yes. great, great little book. And then uh, the one we're in right now is called Everything is Figure Outable. Yes. And it's, you know, uh, what you're saying, I'm like, I like this Angela Brown. And it's, it, it, you remind me of a lot of the stuff she's saying in the book, but it's good stuff. Well, everything is figure outable. And I think the, the key is you have, to, you have to be willing to learn. Mm-hmm. Because what I realized for me when I had this moment of epiphany, like kind of sadness, like, ugh, I didn't want to grow up to be the house cleaning lady. And yet here I am. I realized this is what God gave me. This is what's in front of me. This is what I'm really, really good at. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's no shame in it. Okay? There's no shame. If I can help other people upgrade their lifestyles a little bit, that's okay. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's what I have in front of me. I will make that, that work. And so how do I make that work? Here I am up against a brick wall. I got this troubled kid living inside my house is busting everything, stealing stuff, violent. I mean, I can't leave her alone. I can't leave her out of my sight. Yeah. And now I got to reinvent myself. And I'm sitting here like, what does that mean? What does that mean? And how do I go about doing that? And now I'll tell you this, it's been three and a half years and I'm still figuring it out. And I've got three huge learning curves left ahead of me. Hmm. And as I sit here, I'm like, it didn't get any easier. I just have better skills now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it getting any better? Yes. Yes. What's really interesting is when I started and I committed to the video thing, that's when I started my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the scariest things that I've ever done in my life. Because when I took acting classes, they give you a character. They say, here's your breakdown. And they say, you're going to be a 40 year old woman that is a librarian and you go librarian. Okay. So she has glasses. She's got the bun in her hair. Oh, I got that down. And then they say, okay, this is how she acts. And you fall into character. And so you get to act out that character and you say the words the character says. When you create your own YouTube video, it's you. Yeah. You are the character. Mm -hmm. And these are ideas that are coming from your own head. So you have to stop and say, what is it that I want to create? How can I create that? How can I create something that's sustainable? And so for me, when I was going to create a podcast, the podcast and the videos for me I couldn't do, and I wanted to explain house cleaning, but I couldn't create a YouTube channel where every day I had a different setup, where every day I had a different, we're going to show you something different every day because quite frankly, when I started, it was just me. I didn't have a whole camera crew and I didn't have lighting and I didn't have the right camera and all those things. Mm -hmm. And I waited way too long to start my channel, but I had braces on my teeth. And so I was like, well, I look stupid. You know, I'm like this gawky teenager (laughs) midway through my life. I should wait till I get the braces off. And I kept waiting and waiting and waiting for that perfect moment. My teeth took about 18 months longer to fix than I was expecting. Hmm. And so as I was waiting, I ran into Paul Logan, who has like 23 million YouTube followers or something. And we had a conversation and he said, go home and start your YouTube channel today. And he said, when you fail, you're not going to fail in front of 23 million people. You're going to fail in front of your mom, your brother, and your one best friend. So start already. He said, as you create a following, those people will follow you if they like you. And he said, by the time you create a following, you'll be really good at what you do, but you will never get good unless you start. That's great advice. Like, oh, oh, that. So even <laughs> like with the braces on the teeth and I look stupid, I got to go, I got to go do this. He's like, go start already. You're, you're a day late and a dollar short. YouTube is taken off without you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
okay. So I went home and I decided for me what that meant was, it meant that I had to have one setup, one setup. And you'll see the screen behind me. I'm not even smart enough to figure out green screen. This is a 10, <laughs> <laughs> this is a 10 foot fabric stretch display that like they sell for trade shows. I just mm -hmm. bought this one picture. I said, okay, well I can, and, and I'm not fancy enough. I'm a house queen. I'm not fancy enough to have like, you know, these glamorous hair and fancy yeah. nails and the jewels and all that stuff. House cleaning. We're talking about house cleaning. I show up every day in my house cleaning uniform. Yep. I got my hair in a bun. That's it. I'll stand in front of the camera every day. The camera doesn't move. I'll just put it on a tripod. I'll say the words. That will be my show. Yeah. So it's super, super simple. And I think the key is you have to start out simple in order to grow. There were no graphics. There was no B-roll. There was nothing in my early videos. It's just me with my braces and my, my lips are really fat and I'm doing that. I'm doing the YouTube show. And you know what? You've got to start from somewhere, right? But yeah. then I got better and eventually I got my braces off. I'm like, dude, I can smile now. Like it's mm. for real, right? So you progress as you go, but you have to be willing. You have to be willing to go through the ugly to get there. You have to. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not willing to go through the ugly, you're never going to reap the rewards on the other side. That is, uh, you've said so much that's big, but that very last thing you just said, I think is a, probably a, just one of the foundational truths for um, living life the right way. And Two, I think it's one of the reasons, I don't think I know, at least anecdotally, I know from so many people I've spoke with as well as my own life and things you read and listen, you know, uh, it's why people don't start. Uh, do you know Chris Phillips by chance? He's, uh, the name's he's, familiar, but I'm not, I'm okay. not drawing a face. He, he's one of the founders of Sin Gym. Uh, you know, he's partners oh, at, but Josh he, Latimer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Josh, but he also, um, he just wrote a book and, um, he actually just, he started, uh, service company himself. He's his fourth month. He did almost $50,000 in his wow. new service company and he's doing it part-time right now, you know, and everything. But, uh, he wrote a book called dirty money and, uh, it's not what you think. <laughs> it's about the cleaning industry. It's, it's a great book. And he, um, uh, one of the things that he said that really resonated with me because he was a troubled teen actually. And he went through a program called teen challenge. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's, uh, it's a, basically it's a program for uh, troubled teens and sometimes the judge will be like you can go to jail or slash prison or you can go into this program and if they say you turned around then we'll give you a shot here but he talked about how he always just lived for the mountaintop experience and when he he was kind of talking about like when he was growing up and he was just like everything I was every all I wanted every day was that mountaintop and he did he wasn't willing to do any of the the grind or any of the anything for life. He just wanted the great feeling. And that was really what like held me back for a long time. Uh, that's what held me back from pursuing my dreams because the, I you know, I always thought it would be pretty cool to have a business. I I like I think I was made to do it, you know what I mean? Because like I always wanted to do it, but I could never find the the idea, the invention, the whatever that would put me on the mountaintop on day two. I was willing to go through a little bit of pain for like a day starting this thing. But I was, I was like, I need to be rich on day two. You know, I need to be at that mountaintop. And everything that you just said, or well, the, the, especially that last part of what you said that resonated with me so much is, um, you know, 
sometimes I think I probably focus too much on this when I'm talking to people, but, but when I'm trying, when people are asking me my thoughts and opinions on things, I always want to tell them about, you know, you've got to love the grind. You've got to, or at least maybe you don't love it, but you need to embrace it. You need to accept that it's there and be, be willing to push through it because there is a certain amount of time that it's just real hopeless. You know, it's real scary. And it's like, you're doing it and the people that have already been there and, and one, they'll tell you that you're going to go through it, but you're just kind of like flying off your radar. And, uh, but you've got to be willing to do those things that hurt to be able to get to that, that mountaintop experience, you know, that Chris talked about in his book. And, uh, I don't know. I, I love what you said. There's so much that we can go back to, but, and I'm sorry I interrupted you there, but that just really stood out to me. So keep going, keep going. Unless uh, I just I, cut you off. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, awesome. I, I don't know how one keeps going from there. I, well, I, well, let me, let me ask you a couple of questions here. Um, so first off, um, you know, so you've got a, you know, a family member that was, you know, dropped at your door. And one thing that you had mentioned, which really, again, I'm just like, oh gosh, I, I have so much respect for people like you. I'm not saying that I wouldn't do it if it happened to me, you know, if someone was dropped off at my door like that, you know, you do the things that you have to do in life. But I, when I hear stories like what you're telling, uh, I look at how difficult that would be for me. Uh, and you and, and anyone else, but I'm like, well, the, the sad news is and the other side of the story, as much as I am known for the results that I bring, I was really unsuccessful in this particular situation. Hmm. And if I look at the biggest regrets in my life, I have two. And one of them is that I didn't have the right skills to turn her around. And as a result, in order for her to survive, we ended up with her mother sending her to a survival camp in Montana hmm. where they took away everything that she owns except a pocket knife, no food, no social media, no electronics, no toys, no nothing that she'd stolen, nothing, nothing. You got nothing on you except the clothes on your back and a pocket knife. And she stayed there for quite some time. And when it came time for her to come back into society, they flew her back to Charlotte and she had a conversation with me and they asked to meet at my home. And I said, no, we will meet at a public place because I feel safer at a public place than at my home. You've lost your privileges to be in my yeah. home. And I, and I hate, I hated to do that, but we created boundaries and she broke all of the boundaries and she broke all of the rules and she put my life and my family's life at risk. Mm. And as a result of that, I didn't feel safe having her in my space. And I, I, I hate to admit that because I feel like a huge failure and I wish as many skills as I have and as many results as I can provide, I didn't have a system that she fit into. And to this day, I still, I still don't know what I would do differently or yeah. what classes I could take or what I could do differently to manage that kind of a situation. I'm still kind of, my hands are like, blah, what do I do? Yeah. And we met at a restaurant and you talk about the peaks and the valleys. We had a conversation and she said, where do you see me in the future? And it was a really odd question because now she's been at this camp for several months. They're trying to determine if she should go back into society. And I don't know because I wasn't there for the last couple of months and I don't want to, to stake a claim on her future one way or the other. But she said, where do you see me in the future? And I said, you have one of two choices at this point. And your choices are you can choose a life of boredom or a life of excitement. And the boredom is you go to school every day, boring. You have a job every day, boring. 
you are married to the same people every day for every year for the rest of your life if you get married. Boring. Mm -hmm. You have kids, you're responsible to those kids as a parent every day for the rest of their lives. So that's boring. It's not, it's not that mountaintop high. It's not every day there's this huge dramatic thematic thing that just like, you know, throws sparks and it's dramatic and glorious or frightening or whatever. It's not all these exciting things. It's just a regular, stable, everyday life. Mm -hmm. The secret is this. If you choose the life of boredom, that's also freedom. If you choose the excitement, you end up in prison or an asylum, one of the two. And it's your choice. But if you choose the excitement, you will spend the rest of your life wishing for the boredom. Yeah. Wow. So I choose for you the boredom. And you have a choice right now. They're going to put you back into society or they're not. But my suggestion for you, if you're going to survive, is to choose the life of boredom because it's even, it's stable, and you can make something of yourself under those circumstances. But if you choose this other way, it's just a matter of time and the game is over. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, I do want to say one thing and Angel, I'm sure a million people have said it to you. Uh, but I don't think I'm doing justice if I don't, I, I get what you mean when you say you feel like you failed there. And, uh, and from a results standpoint, I guess, sure. You know, if you, if you, we just want to like throw something up on a chalkboard or whatever and say, there's the score, but the, where my respect and love comes from, towards you on that is the fact that that you did it you know it's like um you sacrificed your life you you took you know you you completely pivoted um you put things on the line and you did it for someone else that uh, you didn't have to do that for and i know it's cliche but you can uh you can lead the horse to water you can't make him drink but i appreciate the fact that you put in the work and and the effort and i'm positive the tears and the fear and all that stuff to do that so uh, thank you for being someone that puts positivity out there and uh, and pays it forward to society. So I, I appreciate and respect you for that. Thank you for saying that. At the same time, I have to say that the only survival for me during that time, well, there were two survivals, of course, God and my husband. Yeah. Because if it weren't for support, I I would not have been able to make it. Yeah. And as I pulled through that situation, as weird of a situation as that was, it drew my husband and I a whole lot closer mm -hmm. because behind closed doors every night, I would go in and I would, I would literally cry. I'd be so frustrated. I would say, I, I, I don't know how to fix this. And he would say, you don't have to fix it. You just have to show up. You just yeah. have to be present. And so, and I, I still, I still, thanks for saying what you said, but I still feel like a failure to this day. I wish I had solutions and I don't. Yeah. But one of the things that that brought me was so much closer to my husband because we had something we had to work through as a team. And it was kind of, it was kind of non-negotiable. I mean, mm -hmm. it was, it was one of those things that if we are going to survive and we're going to live through this scenario, we, we have to be a team. And sometimes life brings you these weird little lessons that at the time it doesn't really seem like it makes sense. And you kind of scratch your head and you're like, why are we going through this right now? But in retrospect, it's, it's one of the strongest things we could have ever gone through together yeah. because every day we had to sit there and we did, we, we cried a lot together. He's like, you got to go out there tomorrow and you got to put on your, you know, your big girl pants and your happy face. <laughs> and you've got to, you've got to act like you're in control because she does not control you. You control the situation. This yeah. is your home. This is, you know, you, you, you've got to be the adult here. And as frustrating as that was, I would not have been able to make it through it if it weren't literally for the grace of God and my husband. Yeah. So. Well, 
uh, sounds like you got a good one there and uh, good for you on that. So I'm sure I think he's got a good one too. So, oh, uh, yeah, they, so Angela with lack of tact and, and skill here, I'm going to segue a little bit and, um, I wish I had a better way of doing so, but I do want to back up and ask you a couple of other questions on some of the things that you threw out there at the beginning. So you said 25 years you've been doing this just to help me with my timeline. Uh, how long ago did you actually start the YouTube channel? Uh, March 27th of 2017. Okay. So holy cow. See, I, I'm a competitive guy and I hate it when people beat me. <laughs> See, your YouTube channel is literally, it's more than 10 times bigger than mine. And we start, I started before you, dang it. Um, <laughs> but the, um, so you've been doing that for, let's call it three years. I know it's not quite, but we'll round up. Um, and then is that the same time that you were transitioning like from the, the actual cleaning to getting like all of your, the online courses and all that? Okay. Now, one thing that you said, a couple of things that you said that really stuck out to me. So the first one, a lot of people, it's real popular in the entrepreneur world. And I don't think what the popular thing is, is right. Or, well, I think it is right. And I think what you said is right. Cause there's more than one way to win here, but you went, uh, you said you went to school, you took classes. You were like, I don't know how to do the business thing. I, I went and took classes. And a lot of people will say, ah, poppycock, you know, classes for business, you know, that they don't know what they're talking about, but uh, share your experience on that. Cause I'm sure there's some people out and I think it's just different strokes for different folks. I think there's some people that like, that's, that's the thing to do. You know, you, you already told us why you did it, but what was your experience? And, and it obviously somehow or another worked out really well for you. So what kind of classes did you take and what kind of investment from a time standpoint uh, did you put into that and how did it impact you? Well, let me back up a step. I was homeschooled. Mm -hmm. And so as I was homeschooled, we lived on a farm and I'm from a large family. And so my father said, I can't teach you everything, but I can teach you where to go to find information so that when I set you out into the real world, at least you will know where to go to find answers. And this is long before Google. Yeah. So at the time that I started my business, there was no Google. Mm -hmm. And so uh, imagine, uh, this is a, a free key thought, but imagine starting a business with no Google. Oh, I Where know. do you I... go if you have answers? Yeah. <laughs> and so as I moved out into the real world and I did not have a college degree because I started at a very young age, I moved away from home. I became a nanny. I raised people's kids for a couple of years. And then I started waiting tables and I became a house cleaner. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have a college degree. And so what I did was I had a public library card and the library card lets you, believe it or not, ask 20 questions a day and they will do all the research for you and they will bring you the answers. Hmm. So before Google, I had a library card and I said 20 questions a day. So I started asking all kinds of business questions and the librarians are going to work and they're pulling up periodicals and all kinds of books that I would, you know, they would recommend and whatever. And I was like, man, I've hit the jackpot. I got 20 free questions a day. Uh, then, yeah. then there was Ask Jeeves. Yep, and I don't I know that. who I don't know who Jeeves is, but thank you, Jeeves, because you answered a lot of my questions. <laughs> I remember, for those that are listening, and especially some of the the younger ones, uh, Ask Jeeves was a uh, it was a search engine. I don't even know if some people understand this that like you look at Google, but Google's a search engine, and there used to be a bunch of them. <laughs> you had to pick which search engine. So Ask Jeeves was one of them, yeah. Yes, but I, I loved Jeeves. Jeeves and I were like this, right? Mm -hmm. We were like best buds, and I would ask all kinds of questions. And I was so enamored with the concept that a question, an answer would just pop up. 
Now, how accurate it was, I don't know, because I didn't know much about the internet and I was stumbling my way around and I was typing mm -hmm. with two fingers and all these things. But um, what I did was I said, okay, well, I've, it's my responsibility to teach myself how to be an entrepreneur. And I didn't know what I didn't know. And if you ask me today, if you were going to start a YouTube channel today, knowing now what you know now, would you do it? I'm pretty sure my answer would be no. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a whole lot of work. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a lot of skills and stuff I didn't know. So when I started my house cleaning business, what don't I know? I did not know sales and marketing. So I went to the, the number one sales and marketing person that I knew in the city of Charlotte. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. And that was Jeffrey Gittimer. So I went to Jeffrey Gittimer and I said, can you teach me everything you know about sales and marketing? And he said, yes, I can, but you will, I, will, I will be your mentor, but you'll have to come work with me and you'll have to book some of my seminars. So I worked underneath his employee for two years while I was running my house cleaning business. And I was working over with him part time so that I could completely learn the sales and marketing industry. And I was just consuming everything that I possibly could. And I went to seminars and I was like, oh my goodness, there are people like Brian Tracy who did the psychology of selling. There's Tony Robbins. There are all these people that talk about mindset and positivity and the law of attraction. And I just consumed as much of it as I possibly could. I joined the National Speakers Association and I started traveling because now what I'm doing as a house cleaner, I'm segueing and I'm training other companies. And so all of this stuff, the Toastmasters started piling on top. Once you learn a skill, you don't unlearn that skill. You just yeah. apply it to the next thing. So now I had some Toastmaster skills behind me. Now I had some public speaking behind me. Now I started learning from the sales and marketing, how you market yourself as a speaker. And I'm like, wait a second, this is a really cool set of skills. And as I started packaging it all together, what else do I need? I need business management classes. So I went to the local community college and I took some business management classes. To this day, I've never graduated from college. <laughs> I've taken little classes as I knew what to take. Then all of a sudden I discovered the internet and I'm like, whoa, wait a second. I can ask a 10 year old on YouTube how to fix something and they can show me like they'll show me a step by step tutorial. I'm like, how cool is that? And I mean, I'm not, not to be crazy or anything, but I literally have two laptops that all sit next to each other. One's the guy showing me the instruction and here's me over here, like poking around going, click this, click this. How do I do this? Mm -hmm. Just teaching myself. Because the reality is this, there's nobody, there is nobody that's going to tell you, hey, this is what you need to know. Yeah. And so you have to teach yourself how to know what you need to know. Yep. And there's nobody that's going to give you permission like, okay, now you can succeed. There's no graduation from life. There's no graduation from being an entrepreneur. You yeah. have to give yourself permission. It's like when I started on YouTube, I looked around and I'm like, wait a second, there's nobody that's going to take away my YouTube channel. I can just post something. <laughs> yeah. There's nobody that's going to stop you. Just go do it already. Yeah. Okay. So it's that easy. So my early videos are really bad. I mean, they are really, really bad, but you know what? I started Yeah. and that's, that's the good news is I started. And so it doesn't matter how bad you are. We're all super clunky. You don't take a little toddler that's learning how to ride a bicycle and he falls off. And so then you say, okay, no more bike for you. Yeah. You go, no, 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 there are training wheels here. It's, you'll, it's clunky and whatever, but you know, figure it out. You'll be fine. And then it. when you take the training wheels off, you're like all wobbly and you're like, whoa, and people are laughing at you and some are clapping. They're like, you can do this. Come on. And then sooner or later you catch your balance and then you start doing like bike flips and you, you know, you figure your way around. But everybody starts out with the training wheels, everybody. And so mm -hmm. if you are an entrepreneur, if you are just getting started, it's, it's cool to be scared. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool to be afraid and say, oh my gosh, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. Guess what? Nobody started out knowing what they were doing. Nobody. No. I, 
You know, one of my favorite quotes is failure beats what if every time. Yeah. Because, you know, what if just doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah. But failure gets you another step closer to where you're trying to trying to go and um, love it. I can't wait. My wife is walking around over here on the side. She can't hear you talking, but I can't, you know, my wife just started a a maid service actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. She started a maid service and she has, um, so everything you're saying is, it's funny because now she's watching, she's staring me down because I'm talking about her, but everything you're saying, it's like, I experienced it once when I started my business and I'm still experiencing it to this day. It's just different stuff. You know, like I'm not afraid. Can I get a client anymore? You know, but now I'm like, Oh my God, can I be an effective leader and and build a team? You know, it's kind of a different, different thing, but I went through all the, uh, I I think is the typical cycle of like, Hey, I'm going to do this thing. It's going to be awesome. Then it's like, Oh my God, what I get myself into and, and, and the fear and the doubt. And, um, so I've worked through that and now my wife, here she is almost three years later and she's starting that same process. And there's a part of me, there's a part of me that wants to just like, Hey, I can do this for you and, and, and fix it and and make it work. And then there's, that's like the, the husband, you love your wife and you want to protect her and all that stuff. But then on the flip side, I'm like, I am so much better because of all of those failures and I'm so much better like because of the sleepless nights and the anxiety and the stress and not it was not fun like I don't wish that those feelings or experiences on people but I kind of do you know because I'm just a I'm happier with who I am because I kind of went through that fire so now I'm getting to watch her do it and when you're talking about those things I'm I'm swelling with pride because you know yes uh saturday saturday morning we woke up and i had some sales appointments to go run for my business when i say mine and hers i mean like they're ours but it's like she doesn't do it you know she doesn't work in mine it's just she owns my portion of it and i don't work in hers but everything that's hers is mine and vice versa and uh so anyway i had to go do some sales for my business and i already knew like i could already tell what was happening here but i like kind of I looked at her and I said so uh before I'm leaving for the day I'm like what are you uh what are you doing today she's like well you know I've got to go to the grocery store and then I'm going to do this I'm going to do that and and then we were going to Disney because I live like Mickey Mouse just lives like 15 minutes down the road here and then uh and then we'll we'll go to Disney and see our friends you know later and I'm like okay I said well on Monday you and I talked and we said that we weren't going to Disney again until you had X number of flyers out. And I know you don't have all those flyers out. And as soon as I said that, she kind of just looks at me like, Oh, I hate you so much, you know? <laughs> and she, but anyway, um, she kind of, uh, I'm talking trash on you, babe. Love you. But she said, um, she kind of threw out an excuse or two. Well, this, well, that. And I said, that's good and dandy. But I said, I, I thought, I thought you had some dream. You know, I, I'm, I'm the sarcastic guy and I'm like, I, th- I thought you had some dreams and goals. My bad. Yeah. Don't go, don't go throughout flyers today. And she's like, well, this and that. And I'm like, let me ask you a question, babe. Do you want me to be your yes man that loves you? Or do you want the accountability that we both owe to each other? And she's like, I want the accountability. And I'm like, okay, you need to, we'll, we'll go to the grocery store later. You need to put on the clothes. You need to make the two little ones, you know, get dressed with you. And you guys need to get your butt out there and do the flyers. And, and, the reason she was wanting to avoid it 
was because it was Saturday. Now doing flyers during the week, it's a piece of cake because everyone's at work. No one yells at you. You know, I don't know if you've ever done flyers or anything like that, but it doesn't. It's funny you bring that up. I just got through making a video about flyers today. So oh, yes. okay. Yes, you do I'm know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I am too. It's how we built our business at the beginning. It's all we did for months. And, but it's, it is kind of nerve wracking because putting a flyer out is not hard. But if you even care a little bit what people think of you, it, it sucks because every person that sees you walking down the street, they know what you're doing. They give you dirty looks. They call the cops on you. If you walk to the wrong person's door, you're not even knocking on the door. They come out and they, they literally will yell at you. They cuss you. They tell you you're worthless, you know, all of these things. And so the reason she was wanting to avoid flyers that day was because it was Saturday and she didn't want to do it. Well, anyway. She goes out, she does her flyers, and um, I call her a couple of times. I'm like, how are you doing? She's like, I'm all right. I've got my – she had trained for a half marathon, a few, a few different half marathons. She goes, I got my running playlist on, the one of you can't quit, and I'm just pushing through, and I'm this and that. And Anyway, at the end of the day, uh, we were talking, and I said, you know, because I forget what she said, but it was something along the lines of she wasn't, like, ultra proud of herself. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Because she was disappointed at, like, she was this morning, I was fighting you on doing it, and I was crying, and I was this and that. And I'm like, Melissa, you're like the most amazing person. You on Saturday morning were arguing with your husband, tears coming down your face because you're scared to go out there because she's, she's a very passive, you know, docile person. I'm like tears coming down your face. You deal with anxiety on this stuff. You're, you're fearful of it. And you packed up your two kids and you took them to a neighborhood that someone back when we did our business did yell and scream at them. And she took them to the exact same place and put them out there. And then she got one call a little later that she booked a, a reoccurring appointment. And then Great another, job. yeah. And that's another awesome. call a little later that we think she's going to book. I'm like, that's the, that is the definition of bravery. You know, that mm -hmm. is the definition of courage because if you're not scared, there's no bravery or courage included. The bravery and people that are brave are the ones that do it in spite of the fear or with all the stuff that you're talking about in spite of the pain or the, the whatever, the heartache, and that's not hyperbole. That's not just building it up. Business is like that. It does cause pain. It does cause fear. It does cause all this. And she did it. And I'm like, my wife is freaking awesome. And I'm just so proud. But anyway, I, I just relate so much with you on that, Angela. I want to ask you another question that I thought was really interesting. And it has my mind racing now all of a sudden. Before you ask your oh, question, yeah. I have to let your wife know. It's Melissa, right? Yeah, Melissa. Mm -hmm. I have to let you know for her how proud of her I am that she went out and she ran flyers amongst all the odds. I so go, go, Melissa. Well, I'm not going to tell her. I'll let her listen to that. So that's good. So I'm sitting here clapping and cheering her name. Go, Melissa. That's go, awesome. Melissa. Um, the, uh, you had mentioned doing uh, acting classes. So like, yes. you know, I, so you talked about um, – Okay, what's the little the 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 speech uh, uh, Toastmasters? You had mentioned Toastmasters, which actually Melissa has went to locally, and actually my youngest or my oldest son, who's working his way into sales, has been doing Toastmasters for the same reasons. But uh, acting classes that was really interesting. Is that was that a pretty impactful tool for you to kind of get over like yourself and your own little thing and 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 be more effective from the sales and marketing standpoint? It was, and not for the reasons that you might suspect. Mm -hmm. It was, first of all, an outlet because in my world and in-house cleaning, especially, there's lots of drama. Mm 
-hmm. And so there are people having lots of problems and whatever. And if you work with other house cleaners, there are lots of drama and there's PMS and there's all kinds of stuff and cat fights and weird stuff. And I was like, holy crap, if I'm going to do all this drama, I better get paid for it. Like how does this drama (laughs) thing work? (laughs) But in taking the acting classes, I learned about the whole audition process. And what it came down to for me was as I go into a customer's house, that is an audition. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to get caught in a rut as an entrepreneur where you think, well, I have an ongoing customer. Therefore, I will always have an ongoing customer. Here's here's the thing about acting. You're only as good as your last job. Mm -hmm. And so if you do a good job, someone else books you for your next job. But if you're no good, you kind of drift away and you're never seen or heard of again. It's the same with house cleaning. If I do a really great job today, woohoo, good for me, but that does not ensure me a future customer. Now, in the house cleaning industry, it's a very competitive industry. And so the the next gig is going to the person that drives through the neighborhood or yeah. comes walking down the street with a stroller and the two kids that has the, the flyer that's better than your flyer. And they go, mm-hmm. wait a second, I'm paying Angela how much? And there's yeah. somebody new, I should give the new person a try. And then suddenly you're out of a job. And so for me, the audition process was every single job is an audition. Every single job, I got to do better than I did last time. I've got to make sure that when I leave today, they are inspired enough that they pick up their phone and they call their neighbor and they say, whatever you do, you have to hire Angela or Angela's team. Yeah. And so it was, it was a whole mindset for me. And it was literally a mindset of getting in character. Because here's the thing. There are cars in my driveway that are nicer than the cars that some of my customers own. Mm-hmm. And I can't go riding up to their house in that car. If I did, they would say, wow, you're making way too much money. Yep. Well, guess what? I've worked really hard. And so the things that I have, the home that I live in, the cars that I drive, they're really, really nice. And I'm not here to like flaunt it. But when I show up at a customer's house, I'm just a house cleaner. Yeah. I show up in my uniform. I drive my Honda. I have my cleaning caddy. I'm just here playing a role. And as I play the role and I show up and I do that part, that's what they're paying me for. When they recommend me to their neighbors and their friends, they're not recommending me as some arrogant person that lives in their same neighborhood. Because guess what? You can drive by my house. You can see my house. You can see the landscaping and the, the things that we have. It's, it's, it's nice. Yeah. My point is what they're recommending is a particular thing. And what they're recommending is this thing, which is the house cleaner that has the certain image that comes and does a certain kind of job. And so as an actor, your job, and this is what I learned from acting, is that you create a consistency. It would be very sad if you tuned into your very favorite TV show and suddenly the character was way out of line and they were very different and they acted different and they said different things and their vocabulary was different. And you'd be like, well, well, that's not the character that I came to know and love. I'm watching a completely different show here and you change the channel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what they're buying is a very consistent package. And how do you get into the mindset of that specific package is you have to create a role and you have to create a character mm-hmm. and you have to become that person. And so for my business, I said, well, how easy is this? Once we know what the characters are and in, in, television, for example, they have a variety of characters that play against each other. They'll always put the rich one against the poor one because Mm -hmm. it makes the rich one look richer and the poor one look poorer. They put the dumb one against the stupid one because they each shine in their own way. Mm -hmm. And so there will always be conflict and no scenes move forward unless there's conflict. And so you have to learn and realize, oh, in order for this scene to work, there must be conflict. And so in order to overcome some of that conflict, there's comedy. And there's a whole bunch of different things that you end up learning and studying as a result of playing that part. So my job was, when you ask about acting, it's just another element of 
how can I expand on what I know? And what I know is I've studied a lot about the psychology of people. How do people interact? Okay, so if you're the grumpy one, I got to be the super happy one so that we have our two extremes. And whatever it is, I, you, you play off the people that you work with so that you can still interact in the best supportive way. Yeah. Anyway, it was, it was a fascinating education for mm. me and one that I'm, I'm really proud of that I, I participated in because um, as part of my training, I ended up um, auditioning for some TV shows and some movies and stuff. And I ended up with a couple of small, small parts. Oh, really? Was like, yes, I can sell because I'm, I, I got the part, right? Yeah. So that was kind of fun. So well, now, now I got to know what, what parts did you get? Well, you know, there's a, a children's series and it's called Mandy and it's kind of like Little House on the Prairie meets Nancy Drew. And it's okay. this little girl that goes on a series of adventures and I'm the evil stepmother. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I'm the evil one. That's fun. I'm sure that was actually a lot of fun being, the, being mean like that, you know, and, and not really being mean. So <laughs> It was. It was really fun because we'd be mean and we have this ugly scene. And then at the end, I'd hug it out and I go, I'm so sorry I had to be mean to you. <laughs> and that was that's, fun. That's funny. Yeah. That's good stuff. So uh, another thing that I thought was great, and I want to kind of get your, your take on this throughout your career. You said whenever you were working with someone there at the beginning, when you had realized, okay, I can do this. Uh, you know, you were like, Hey, we got 150 bucks and we were in the house for this long, which actually is pretty cool. A lot of people, I kind of like the fact that I tell people like I have a window cleaning company and, uh, or that my wife has a maid service because I'm like, my, my wife, she makes like 50 bucks an hour. You know, I mean, it's, she does pretty dang good for herself when she's doing this stuff. So, but you had mentioned ethics and you had said that, you know, a woman was, uh, you know, sweeping stuff under the carpet and, and you didn't feel that that was the right thing to do, which not only is great, uh, literally, but it's also a great figurative, uh, uh, analogy there, but talk about, uh, you know, I, I'm positive that doing the right thing probably didn't always give you fun results in the moment when you've been growing your business, but I, it sounds like that's been a big, uh, foundational thing have has being ethical uh when i say been a challenge i don't mean like have you thought about not doing it but has that created any challenges for you in your business trying to always do the right thing that's a great question and i think i think it's a great question because i think the temptation to cheat the system or to take shortcuts will mm -hmm. always be there yep but one of the things that i i discovered early on and this was this was my dad uh, my dad was kind of this um how would you say a very wise person and he didn't say much but when he spoke you kind of like took notes you're like oh wow that was really impactful i should remember that kind of a thing and i remember the night that i moved away from home i had taken a nanny job in north carolina and i was leaving and i had a one-year contract and as i was leaving he came out to the car to say goodbye and he said you do realize that you're leaving for life right hmm. and i said <clears throat> i'm not i'm just going for a year and then i'm going to be back you're not done with me yet you know don't be so dramatic dad and he said the choices that you make will forge the rest of your life. And I want you to remember one thing. And this was the piece of advice he gave me. He said, you don't have to live here for the rest of your life. And you don't have to live with the family you're going to live with for the rest of your life. Wherever you go, though, you have to live with you for the rest of your life. And he said, you have to live with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every week, every year for the yeah. rest of your life. Cool. And he said, make sure as you leave, that whatever you do, you're the kind of person that you can live with. Yeah. And I then I, I left and then I just thought about that for like the next 
30 years. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, you know? Yeah. Um, and the truth of the matter is this. I'm not the most popular person. And some of the decisions that I've made are not the most popular. And now that I have a YouTube channel, as I'm sure you do, you get haters, mm -hmm. which is fine. Um, I bet you you're nicer to your haters than I am to mine, though. <laughs> my haters have brought me so much money. Yeah. I, I can't tell you. I love my haters because they have brought me so much money from Google search. Thank you, haters. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hold on. I'm coughing. All right. I'm back. I, I took a drink of this Kool-Aid and it went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> Are you okay? I'm okay. I'm okay. But, yeah, I... Um, I think you're a lot nicer than me, but I, my, my haters haven't made me money yet. Maybe I'll be nicer when they start doing that. Here's the secret about haters. When people start saying nasty stuff about you, everybody else will go online to see if it's true. And mm. the algorithm algorithms will pop you up in the search engine because people will be searching for you and whatever they can find on you, it will only convert. If people find you and you have a history of whatever it is you do, people are going to go, oh my gosh, that Bobby. Oh my gosh, that's really great stuff. And the next yeah. thing you know, they've subscribed for your podcast. They've subscribed to your YouTube channel. They're following you around. They've signed up for your newsletter online. They've signed up for your course. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, you're like, thank you, haters. Bring yeah. it on. Bring it on. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Now, so you said that you would not do a YouTube channel, you don't think again. So is it... Uh, I mean, do you enjoy, is there a part of it that you're enjoying as well? Or is it, is it more work for you? Like, is I there should, any balance I should, there? Yeah, I should rephrase that. Um, the YouTube channel is the best, is the best marketing decision I will ever make in this lifetime. So knowing what I know now, would I do it again? Ugh, because it was so much work. And I'm so glad, so glad that I jumped through those hoops and I already did it. Because mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know if I knew what I was getting involved in. And mm -hmm. when I started my YouTube channel, I started it every single day. And I had none of the disciplines for creating or editing a YouTube channel. And so I got to back up for a second and say, I did not have the skills. And so by committing to do it every single day, what that forced me was no out. If I said, mm -hmm. I'll only do it Monday through Friday, well, then I have the weekend off. And then the weekend would have got super busy and I would have said, well, I'll do it on Monday. Oh, it's halfway through Monday. So uh, 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 I'll just publish it on Tuesday. Yeah. And the next thing you know, after a few weeks of putting it off and pushing little procrastination deadlines, I would have no channel at all. But by doing it every single day, there's no out. There's no out. If you do it every single day, you either did or you didn't. Yeah. Every single day. And I'm like learning to edit. I'm learning to piece stuff together. It was super clunky. I knew nothing about search engine optimization. I didn't know nothing about marketing. I mean, it's a, this whole series of learning curves all at the same time, which is one of the reasons I say it was so hard. But as I did it every single day, I mean, none of the stuff in my life went away. I was just adding in like another four or six hours a day of YouTube stuff to try to figure out how to make it all work. And in the process of doing that, I had to rearrange my schedule and say, well, I can't do that anymore. I can't go to that party. I can't do that. Mm. And for everything that you say yes to, you have to say no to something else. And as an entrepreneur, you have to. If you're going to survive and you're going to succeed in business, you have to say no to some things. Yeah. And so I had to really learn to prioritize. And then I had to learn to get quicker. And so as, as you learn new skills, like once you learn Adobe Premiere, you can't unlearn it. You know yeah. it. And so if anyone throws anything at you, you're like, let me edit that really quick. And then you edit it and you're done. Right? Mm -hmm. And so the more skills you have, the more you can do. And so knowing what I know right now Heck yeah, it was a huge education and I, I, there's no price you could put on it. Yeah. And now we have dropped the show back to five days a week. 
But the reality is for five days a week, here's the thing. I could do a one hour podcast, but instead of doing a one hour podcast, I decided I would do seven, eight minute podcasts because then I had seven chances for search engine optimization. Nice. I had seven different sets of keywords. I had seven different chances to win you back. So if we do a one hour podcast and you hate this week's podcast, I got to go another whole week before I can try to win you back. Gotcha. If, well, you didn't, if you didn't like it, then I've lost you. But if you just didn't like it today, you still might come back tomorrow. Well, speaking of, of liking or not liking you know, your, your YouTube channel, tell the listeners a little bit about what it is. I mean, clearly it has something to do with cleaning, but we, you know, if, if someone's out there and they don't know who you are, what are they going to find if they go to your channel? Well, that's a fun question because as I started the YouTube channel, it had to be something easy because we're talking about is it scalable and is it duplicatable mm -hmm. and all these things. So you get to ask a house cleaning question and I get to help you find an answer. That's hmm. it. It's called ask a house cleaner. And so I have had, and this is kind of peculiar, but we've had 761 questions so far. And so today we published episode 761, which is like, booyah. But now we've grown so much as the show has grown. We have 18 people working for us now. And so now it's wow. just taken on this whole life of its own. And it's not just the podcast, but it's the online learning library. And it's all these other things that have come along with it. And then we've got sponsors and we have companies that we're working with and brands. And there's just all this stuff that's piled on top of it. Again, things I never knew. And so I remember one time, one of my haters accused me of being an affiliate marketer. She's like, you're nothing but an affiliate marketer. And I was like, really insulted. I was like, I don't think so. I'm like, but what is an affiliate marketer? And I started like doing some research. I'm like, oh, there's a whole world out there I know nothing about. How do I become an affiliate marketer? <laughs> exactly. How do I get sponsors? This yeah. is so cool. And so there were a lot of little things that, that kind of came as a result of learning the process. Mm -hmm. But would I do it again? I would absolutely do it again in a heartbeat. I say I, say I would never do it again, meaning it's so much Yeah, work. I got you. And I didn't. I didn't know how involved it was going to be. I really didn't. I honestly had no idea how steep the learning curve was, but I'll share with you this. As a person on YouTube and having a podcast, because it's also a daily podcast, and it's also a daily blog. We do three original pieces of content a day. It's the same oh, piece. Wow. We repurpose it three different ways. It's the podcast, the blog, and the YouTube show. But having done that, um, the thing that's interesting about it is um, – you end up starting something and then it morphs into something else. But I had no idea that this would become the lifeblood of my business and the driving force. To this day, we've never spent a dime on advertising. We've never boosted a post. We've never paid for a keyword. We've never done anything to market the business. And right now I have more leads than I can probably ever service in a lifetime. Wow. So it is the best, bar none, the best marketing I've ever done. Like I said, in, in, in this lifetime, probably. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So, <clears throat> Gosh, I'm not going to edit this out. I had a question and it just <laughs> escaped me, but I'll keep going. So I'll tell you what I'll do, Angela. I'm going to pivot a little bit. Now, have you, and if you have not, I'm completely okay with it. Have you ever listened to my show before? Yes, I have. Oh, okay. Well, you might know what I'm getting to next then, because it is the most important question that we ask every guest. So, so, uh, before I get to the question, I want to want to prime you. I, I'm about to ask you here in a minute. So I'm going to ask you the super important question and then, but I want you to be prepared for the follow-up. Uh, I'm going to ask you here in a, in a couple of minutes, uh, you know, if you have any tips or advice for uh, 
uh, let's say new people, you know, guys, people that haven't started yet, but they're about to. So not, you know, so the tip shouldn't be start. This is for people that are going to do it. So they're about to launch their business or maybe they're their owner operator completely, or maybe they have a couple of people with them. Okay. So we'll say the earlier stages of business. Um, if you got any advice or tips for them, kind of start working on that in your mind while you're thinking on this next question. Okay. <clears throat> so Angela, I'm going to put you in this imagination, imaginary um, fight to the death. Okay. Now, you get to choose your opponent, but you only get two choices. And I want you not only to tell me your choice, but I need your like logical thought process of why you made this choice. Now, you either get to fight a single, big, horse-sized duck, like a, just a gigantic duck, or a thousand little bitty duck-sized horses. And you've got to fight them until either you're gone or they're all gone. What say you? And Why you don't, do I have you can't use any weapons either. You can use a pole, you know, since, since you're a cleaner, you can use one of your extension poles, but that's it. Why do I have to fight them until they're all gone? Well, because they're coming at you. You know, they're, they're, these ducks are very angry and these horses are very angry and they do not like Angela Brown. And so you have no choice. You've got to fight. You can't run. Yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can because horses run. I would choose the horses because horses run. And so in their game, you can adapt to the game of, that you're playing. And if there are angry horses that are running, I understand running and I understand anger. I would become one of the horses and I would run with them until I could turn the pack and then they would follow me. I think you win. I think that's the, I think that's the, <laughs> I think that's the best answer I've heard since because everyone else has always chosen which one they were going to fight. You know what? You're not playing by my rules, but that makes me like you even more, Angela. I, I love someone that does life their way. So, so uh, what, that's, that's just a weird question though. That's, <laughs> that's, I'm not, I don't know what the answer is. Well, it's, it's a silly question, but that was actually a great answer. So basically what you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to infiltrate the little mini horses. I'm going to match, match yeah. and mirror their behavior. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're going to run together, and then soon they will like me, and they will follow me. Infiltrate them, and then, and then lead them. I like it. that Whoever's next on the podcast, you guys, there's a new level. The bar has been raised <laughs> for, the, for the duck horse question. So, good stuff. So, Angela, before we get into tips for anyone starting out, uh, how can people get in touch with you? How can they find their, your YouTube channel, your podcast? How can they, um, uh, what are their products do you guys have? You know, how can they find you online? So the easiest way to find me is Ask a House Cleaner on YouTube. Um, it's also a podcast. If you'd rather listen to it, that's a great place to start. Like I say, we've got lots of free tips. If you're in the house cleaning business, we fringe on the edge a little bit because we also talk about things that surround the house cleaning industry. So while it's house cleaning focused, we've got, we've been accused many times of, Oh, other people can use this as well. And I say, okay, good. <laughs> so it's a, uh, it's ask a house cleaner on YouTube or any of your favorite podcast apps. That's a good place to find me. Good. Good stuff. All right. So new guys, New people, they're out there, they want to hustle. Maybe it's my wife that's going to be listening to this podcast you know, shortly after it goes live or just some random stranger that neither one of us have met. They're gripped with fear, uncertainty. 
Uh, they understand that they're not going to step out onto the mountaintop at the beginning, but they just don't know what to do or how to get out of, of the mess of uh, a stage one, stage two business owner. What do you got for them? Um, first of all, embrace the fear because that's not going away. Everybody that starts a new business is afraid. Everybody has imposter syndrome. Everybody is a little bit afraid that maybe I'm out of my league. Maybe my competitors are better. That's, that's normal. So embrace the fear because that's normal. The next thing that I would recommend is recognize and be ready and be willing for the next step. And by that, mm. I mean, you will wake up one day and you will say, oh, today is the day that I hire someone new. And it seems so organic. It seems like it's just the, natch, the next natural best step. And if you're fighting, like, when am I supposed to hire somebody? I really need somebody. And it's stressful and it's, there's angst and whatever. It's not the right time. Mm. If you're in alignment with your business, and if your business is flowing in harmony with everything in your life, the next step will come to you naturally. But you have to be willing to recognize it and you have to be willing to act on it when it comes. One of the scariest things is, and we talk about embrace the fear, waking up and realizing the next natural step is to hire somebody and to expand and to scale your business. Yeah. And then you go, well, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And you start creating your own angst and your own self-sabotage and your own fear and whatever. But when that's the next natural step, you, you take the leap and you say, I don't know how this is going to happen, but this seems so natural. It seems so organic. It seems so what I should do next. Mm -hmm. Because if, if you are truly in alignment with your life, all that stuff starts finding you. It's like the Google search. You start asking questions and the answers start coming. And if you push the answers away, you're sabotaging your own success. And 20, 30 years down the road, you'll still be pushing stuff away. But if you keep asking questions and like the Google search, things keep popping up at you. Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? When you find the organic search, you'll go, yes, yes, that's it. And you'll recognize it. And so my challenge to you is to embrace that next step. Hmm. That's good. That's great. So now, Angel, before we sign off here, I remember earlier and I, when I said I had a question and it escaped me, but yes. it came back to me, but it wasn't actually a question. I was going to try to tease you. So I'm going okay. to, I'm, I'm going to still try, give you a hard time here. It's, it's not going to land as well, but I was just going to say that I'm a little disappointed in you because, you know, you, you have asked a housekeeper and or a house cleaner and you let them, you know, it's one question a day, but you made those, those poor librarians do 20 questions a day and you're only giving one back. Do, do you feel good about that? I mean, you should do, do 20 a day. <laughs> I do. I, I feel really great about it for this fact. Um, it is, it is free. And so the ask a house <laughs> cleaner that we do is free mm. and it's, it's a great way to give something back to the community while I'm focusing on my learning library. And so, like I said, we have to say no to other things in order to say yes to some things yeah. in order for me to be able to spend the time, the quality time developing my learning library and developing a team that I could work with. I had to literally write a book and give it away for free. So when mm. people came to me for advice and they came to me for consulting, I said, it's on Amazon. You can download it for free. How to start your own house cleaning company. Go download it. When you come back, your, the fees will be astronomical for coaching. Okay. They will be astronomical, but you're not starting from scratch. You're starting way up here because yeah. you already have the free information. So watch the YouTube videos, read the book, do everything that you can for free. Then when you have established your business and you have some questions, it's not cheap at all, but come back and then we'll go ahead and we'll get started. We'll, we'll just dig right in. And so in order for me to be able to offer this, I had to offer this. And yeah. so it's not the 20 questions that I feel bad about because I've given you 761 so far and a free book. So yeah. have at it because <laughs> there you go. But it's just one day at a time. You can only take it one day at a time. 
Fair, fair. Love it. Angela, uh, thank you so much for your time. I know, I know your time is very valuable and, uh, just, I, I feel honored to have you on here. You're, you're, um, you're a big name, but for a good reason, you know, uh, you. a big name is in and of itself is just vanity, but, but you've, you've built it because of who you are and what you offer. And, and, uh, I just genuinely appreciate you spending the time with me and my listeners, uh, guys, if you, uh, go share some love with her, go leave her some comments, let her know that you heard about her on the show and, and, uh, tell her, tell her what you thought of it. And guys, thank you for listening to the show. Um, it's, I, I'm still kind of like having this whole, holy cow, how did this happen thing? Like, I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast before, but I wanted to start a podcast about, it was at least 10 years ago. It may have been 12. And I was going to start a podcast and I was going to call it the bucket cast. And it was going to be a podcast about people that were, you know, checking off things off their bucket list, doing the things that they want in life and pursuing it, which it's funny. This is kind of the same show in a, in, in a sense, but I never started it because I was afraid and the whole mountaintop thing and so on and so forth. And when I started this show, I actually, I'm using the same account that I set up way back when with my, uh, you know, the, with the, the host and everything. But the reason I, I say all this is when I did start it up, when I started the show up, I remember thinking, well, if me and my mom listen to it, that's good enough for me. I'm just doing it because I, I want to, and it's one of my bucket list things. And, and here we are. Um, and it's cool. You know, it, it, you know what, it's changing lives. And the reason I know that is a lot of you reach out to me and say it. And, and I appreciate you sharing those stories with me. And I appreciate the the encouragement that you guys give me. And uh, so thank you. I, I, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for everyone that listens to the show. Uh, it's, this is a partnership between me and you and, um, and I appreciate you guys. So in saying all that, I'm going to sign off and tell you guys that if you're not doing the things that you want to in life, you better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing those things, there's no good reason for it. Peace out.